animations make an application more fun and engaging. For most apps, animation is an afterthought. Developers are concerned with getting the functionality right, and designers have enough work to do simply getting icons and text formatting and page layout correct. There's also the issue of cross-device compatibility. iOS, Android, and web all have different ways of doing animation with no unifying standard, except GIFs, and GIFs are not very interactive. They simply play from start to finish. They're also bigger than an animation needs to be. Airbnb's emphasis on design makes it the right company to work on the problem of cross-device interactive animations. Brandon Withrow and Gabrielle Peel are engineers who work on Lottie, an open-source library for animations in iOS, Android, Web, and React Native. This episode is about how and why Lottie was built, and how Lottie gets used within Airbnb. Brandon Withrow and Gabrielle Peel are engineers with Airbnb. Guys, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Hello. Thank you so much. So today we're talking about animation, specifically mobile and web animation, and the library that you both have been working on at Airbnb, which is called Lottie. Let's just start by talking generally about animation. Why is animation useful in applications? Yeah, so I'll, I'll take this one. Animation is, you know, A, it's very pretty, and it makes people happy. But it's it's also a form of communication in the sense that a you can like communicate how something is going to work or how to do something without using language so it therefore doesn't need to be like localized to different you know regions or anything like that and it can also uh, set up expectations for like interactions and those sorts of things a slight bit of animation can give a user an idea of what it is you know an interaction will do and sort of what is available to them without having to clutter the UI with, you know, just like language all over the place telling you, do this, click here, go there, and stuff like that. A simple little bounce animation will let you know, hey, it's click over here and that's going to take you to the next page. A great example is Eero, who is actually using Lottie for their uh, first-time user experience. And in it, they basically run you through the setup. Uh, for those that don't know, like Eero is a uh, company that does uh, distributed like networking in your house. And they make these really great little routers that kind of link together and make like a mesh, of a Wi-Fi mesh. And their first-time user experience uses is entirely with Lottie. And it shows you how to set these pretty complicated things up around your house in a very easy way. And there is absolutely no language used. It's all done in animations, which is, which is pretty incredible because the same thing can be shown to anybody, even somebody that can't read, and they will know how to set this up. So it's pretty valuable. Gabriel, why has it taken a while for animation to make it into our web and mobile apps in a usable form that can be consumed by developers and designers like a, a very cuz cuz Lottie's quite popular and and I don't know of another animation library that has been as popular as it. Right, so so thinking about the way that software engineering works from one software engineer to another, our first priority is to make it work. We need the functionality in there for working on a new feature or a new flow. And then we want to make it look sort of like the wireframes or the mockups. That's sort of like the second second tier of priorities. And then in as much as we would love to have beautiful animations everywhere, in, the, in our day-to-day -day life with time crunches and deadlines and everything else that's going on in, in work and life, animations often fall off the radar because 
they're built and then or by they're designed by a designer, but then we end up shipping the product on a time crunch and it doesn't end up making it into the product because you don't technically need it a lot of the time. Uh, you can ship a product without it. And then there's also never been a good workflow in order to get that animation into the product. So let's say designer designs a beautiful animation. Prior to Lottie, the engineer would then have to go in and re-implement it from scratch. So you have to take, you have to figure out, you have to break the animation down. You have to understand the framework that you're working with, whether it's Android, iOS, or web, and then recreate it. But Lottie, for the first time, has allowed animators to directly ship the animations in an app or a website that just simply wasn't possible before. So this sounds a lot like the value add that React Native had where the gist of it is it would simplify the relationship between iOS developers and Android developers. And then here you you have you certainly have that, but you also have a simplification of the relationship between mobile and web developers and designers. Is that accurate? Can you give me an overview for how the the relationships between different roles, specifically designers and engineers, has changed with Lottie? Sure. So if you think about taking a, a design, let's say like a wireframe or a mock-up, there ha- there's a translation that has to occur from the tools that designers use to the tools that engineers use that turns into actual product that people can interact with. Well, animation was the same way. So designers use tools like After Effects, and then engineers use tools like the Android SDK or the iOS SDK. And then in order to get from one to the other requires this manual translation process. But the Alati allows you to essentially, it allows designers to actually ship what they've built directly in the app with zero translation or modification necessary. It would be the same as in, in an existing world where if a designer gave you an icon, you could just drop the icon into your app and it would look exactly the same way that the designer designed it. And then now with Lottie, they can design the same with an animation. You just drop in the animation asset and hit play and it requires no additional work. Let's talk more about the workflow for building animations, agnostic of the Lottie technology first. So there is this thing called After Effects that most engineers might have heard of, but they don't know what it is. What is After Effects? Yeah, so After Effects is basically a, a lot of a lot of people like to think of it as a Photoshop with animation, but in reality, it's 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 closer to Illustrator with animation. It's started out as kind of a visual effects package for modifying video, for doing like keyframe or not keyframe, but uh, rotoscoping and like green green screen keying and those sorts of things. Over the years, as they expanded their features, it's turned into a motion graphics package. It basically has a it has an entire portion of it that is dedicated to importing vectors from Illustrator or any anywhere really and then uh animating them so you can basically specify like keyframe animations on every vertice of a vectorized file and then it's mainly set up to export only video footage or you know image image based footage it doesn't have any sort of by default any sort of vector output and brandon there's something called an after effects extension what is that yeah, so After Effects extensions are uh, kind of part of their like app ecosystem, which are basically really, really small plugins that are written in JavaScript that 
kind of they they made an API that is kind of wrapped in JavaScript that allows people to make extensions that will basically extend the functionality slightly of After Effects. Mm-hmm. So Lottie uses animation data that is exported as JSON from an After Effects extension called Body Movin. Could you just give a little more? explanation for what this After Effects extension did and you know why what what exactly is exported there and because this is still a kind of agnostic of the discussion of Lottie and mobile animations yeah yeah so for for a while the the idea has kind of been around to find some way to export animations out of After Effects that were you know, not image-based, but just to export the actual animation data. So the body movement extension is a, we we found when we first got the idea to build Lottie, and it's a really, really great extension that basically iterates through all of the layers in uh, in an After Effects file and basically packages up the all the keyframe data into sort of a easy-to-read or easy-to-consume uh, JSON format and exports the JSON. Uh, with that, there's also the body movement web player that's written and um, written, and it takes those animations and plays them natively on web. So it basically rebuilds these vector animations, kind of like you know an SVG, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. The After Effects extension, body movement, it's bundled mm-hmm. with a JavaScript player that can render animations on the web. So. Talk about how that player works. What happens when an animation is rendered on the web? So we just mentioned the plugin, right? So the After Effects plugin from BodyMovin takes the animation and it serializes it and it exports just the data as a minified JSON file. Again, this is not pixel by pixel information. This is this, These are Bezier curves and colors, rotation values and things like that. And then you can take this JSON file and you can play it on Lottie for iOS, Android, React Native, or web. And... Android, iOS, and web are essentially three analogous body move-in renderers, essentially. And they take that information like the color and the rotation and the Bezier curves, and they use the native APIs on each platform. So on Android, we use Canvas. On iOS, they use the core animation and and layer APIs. And then on web, it's uh, Canvas or SVG APIs. So it's, it's sort of there's a translation that occurs to take that information and then uses the API, the native APIs that are available on each platform to make them look at hopefully exactly the same across mm-hmm. all the platforms. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of bridge the gap between the discussion of After Effects and getting into Lottie. Could you just talk a little bit about the origin story of Lottie and, yeah, just how that went? Yeah, so... Here at Airbnb, we have uh, basically like a yearly hackathon, which is, you know, just a, it's kind of a three-day thing where engineers and designers, basically anybody in the company can kind of work on anything they want. It can be related to the product or it could be, you know, something really outrageous. Somebody once built a knitting machine that you could print to. Uh, which was pretty cool. They printed <laughs> they printed socks out of it, which were amazing. <laughs> um, so it's very open ended. And we had recently hired a really amazing animator, and we were talking and decided to work together and basically see if we could uh, find some way to get animation out of After Effects and rebuilt natively on on iOS as kind of an experiment. 
I actually come from an animation background. I studied in college, so I was pretty familiar with After Effects. And we, when we first set out to do it, we were going to write the exporter and everything. And we kind of came across came across Body Movement and a couple other solutions too. And so we took we took Body Movement and then just basically spent three days trying to get the most basic shapes on screen. We, you know, we created an animation that was just a square sliding across the screen. And it was, we exported the JSON and then I spent, you know, all this time just trying to recreate just that in code. And after, uh, after three days, we actually got a lot further than we thought that we would get. We had some pretty complex path animations working after a couple of days. So we, we realized that it was actually kind of a viable idea and we continued to work on it on the iOS side for uh, a couple of months kind of uh, outside of work or, you know, an after hour time uh, sort mm-hmm. of thing. And once we got sort of a working, uh, what I'd call beta done, we decided we wanted to try to build this, you know, for the, for the company. And we got uh, Gabe involved to catch up with me on Android and he he managed to knock it out of the park a lot faster than I was able to. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let's start to talk about what you actually get when you use Lottie. So if I'm a developer and I bring the Lottie library into my app, what exactly am I getting? So the the goal of Lottie is to make it as easy as possible to get that animation playing in your app. And so in an ideal world, once you have the library imported into your app, then you should just be able to use it as you would use any image. So you drop in the asset into the, the assets bundle of your app, and then you reference it by name, and then you hit play. Uh, on Android, there's you can do it either you could do it entirely from your XML layouts, or you can set it programmatically with uh, with the Java APIs. But the goal is to really not have to worry about the animation itself at all, and just hit play or do any other manipulation of progress or anything like that you want. So there's a shared API or a common API across the different platforms where you can use Lottie. You've got Android, iOS, and React Native. How does it differ between these different platforms? And, you know, I guess give me a a kind of an overview for how you got the, you know, how you settled on what the shared, that shared API was going to be across different platforms. So I think... One caveat is that they're not perfectly aligned, and I think we could do, uh, we can do some work to bring them even closer in alignment. But still, at a at a more philosophical level, these two libraries do essentially the same thing on both platforms, and the feature surface area of Lottie itself should be relatively limited because its primary purpose is to play the animation itself. So you have a set of core APIs that are sort of inherent to Lottie, like play, pause set progress, set scale. And then there are some additional APIs that we're building on top of it for doing things like caching, which we'll, which we'll get to later. And then also text and, and some dynamic colors and things like that. So as of right now, uh, as we're trying to faithfully reproduce the animations from After Effects, it sort of naturally lent itself to a set of standard APIs that you sort of need at a fundamental level. But then now as we're going forward and we're starting to build more and more features on top of Lottie, I think, well, you'll start to see more coordination to make sure that we keep the feature set in sync. And then that becomes additionally beneficial for Lottie React Native, which isn't a Lottie renderer or body moving renderer itself. It does just wrap the Android and iOS implementations of 
the, the Lottie renderer. But keeping those APIs and that feature set in sync is really important to make sure that if you're using the React Native library, you can use one API that works on both platforms and expect the same thing. Let's walk through the end-to-end loading and rendering of an animation. So let's say I'm using the Airbnb app and I'm scrolling through some stuff and I click on something that's going to take me to a section of the app where an animation is going to load. So these animations are loaded dynamically over a network, and then on my app, they're going to render somehow. Just give me an overview for what happens end-to-end. Sure. So when you take an animation, you want to play it. The first thing we need to do is to come up with some data representation of the animation itself. Again, as I mentioned before, the data itself are things like Bezier curves and color, rotation, scale, parenting, things like that. And then we need to turn that into an animation. So we have body move in JSON, which is the serialized format. That's just a JSON file. So you could load it over the network, or you could bundle it with your app. It really doesn't make a difference for the sake of Lottie. But then once we have the JSON file, again, either from the network or locally, both libraries have their own way of serializing that JSON and then turning it into some sort of a a model layer, where we have basically the object, like the code object data representation of the JSON, which we can then, of course, query and like pass around and, and use within the app. Then there's the actual animation itself, which takes the, the model that has the, the data representation of the animation. And then we use the native APIs on each platform to render it. And then that's where all the, the very interesting things in Lottie actually occur. So it involves things like taking path data and then reconstructing a path and then filling it in with a color, and then using uh, keyframes, which sort of which indicate how how the value changes over time uh, between what different progresses of the animation, and then time interpolators of how you get between the start and end values. We get to to do some some kind of fun math to figure out what each little shape or what each color or what each stroke or trim path or mask is supposed to look like. And then we start compositing them together and layering them and moving them around. And then the animation starts to take shape. So there's a lot of this calculation that's done on the fly, on device. It's not just this uh, perfectly rendered thing like a GIF that's sent over the network. That's right. Yeah. So these are all rendered in real time. So can you talk more about the that rendering process? I mean, like, what did you what did you have to write from, from scratch? It sounds like you had to write a ton of stuff from scratch. So I can speak to the, the Android part, and then I'll let Brandon do the iOS part. But on the Android part, it's surprising, actually, the number of low-level APIs that Android actually provides for you, like building up paths, filling it in with a solid color, or getting a segment of a path. It, it I'm sorry, building, some... building up paths. I just want to interrupt you because I, I don't understand that, that term paths. What does that mean? Sure. So I'll, I'll sort of take a step back and, and describe what, what one of the fundamental building blocks of an animation is. So in order to see, let's say you wanted to build a heart shape. A heart shape, it's an arbitrary shape, and it consists of a list of something called a cubic Bezier curve. A cubic Bezier curve, it has a start point, an end point, and two control points. And in using those four points, you can get a smooth curve from the start point to the end point that starts uh, sort of the beginning of the curve is tangential to if you were to draw a vector between the start point and the first control point. And then the, it ends tangential to the end point and the second control point. 
It's a little bit hard to describe over audio, but if any of you listeners are curious, just look up cubic Bezier curves and, and you'll see that, learn a little bit more about those. Those are sort of the fundamental building blocks of a, of a shape. And then that, that's one particular segment of a larger shape. You can then start to build up complex shapes where you have a start and an endpoint, and then you add another path that starts from the endpoint of the previous path. And then you, you go one by one, and you start to build up an entire complex shape as a segment of smaller curves. And then you have you can basically make anything from that. Uh, if you've ever used like the pen tool in Photoshop or After Effects, you're essentially doing the same thing where you're building up a shape from a, a, a list of individual curves. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that is the fundamental building block of what all the shapes in Lottie use. Mm-hmm. So Brandon, you want to discuss iOS? Yeah, of course. Uh, just like Android, we on iOS actually have a lot of uh, pretty low-level drawing commands through core animation that, that support pretty much actually every feature that is in After Effects. The problem that we ran into more often than not, though, was that the animation libraries themselves in iOS are designed for... You can do pretty complex animations, but having several complex animations playing in tandem isn't exactly possible. So we had to eventually you know, write basically our own interpolators uh, for a lot of these things, which is basically uh, an interpolator is for keyframe animation is the idea that you have you know, an object set in time in one place and then an object set in time in another place and what you just have the data for you like say keyframe zero and keyframe 10 and once you set time on keyframe five you need to figure out where like say that where that position is going to be in between those two keyframes so you know linear interpolations are the most common of these which is sort of like you basically just you know draw a line between the two and find that point on a straight line but with After Effects, they, you know, really nice animations use basically, you know, easing in and easing out, which are very common things. But they also have very like custom timing curves that an artist or an animator can actually draw their own timing curve, which is basically another another cubic Bezier curve in time that controls how something moves. So we have to write a bunch of interpolators that would interpolate these things in a, in a cubic space, which was a little more difficult. <laughs> and I know that uh, Gabriel had to do a bunch of that on Android as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And so these, a lot of these fundamental building blocks were there in Android, but let's say prior to Lottie, you were given one of these animations. You could technically do it. Obviously it is possible because Lottie is able to render it, but it takes so much manual work to build it up and construct it in the right way. And, and if you were to do it by hand, you, you just wouldn't even consider it because the thought of even making the slightest modification to it or doing anything relatively complex is just, it's not worth the time. It's not worth spending a week to get a heart to do a little splash or a little fireworks effect. It just, it's not, you know, being realistic, it doesn't make sense to actually do that. So what we wanted to do with Lottie is to combine all of these APIs that did already exist and then make them actually useful. In fact, one of the fun projects we did right before open sourcing it is we found a few blog posts that were online from other engineers who actually did take the time to take an animation from a designer and recreate it on Android. One of them was the Twitter heart. There was another one that was the material design hamburger menu 
that sort of spins into a back button. And then a uh, third one was this sort of as like a map pin that sort of jumps. It's mm. kind of cute. You can see that on the, all three of those are on the Lottie GitHub readme pages, if you're curious. But so the, first of all, they took the time to do it. Second of all, they realized that it was complex enough to create that individual application that all three of them decided that it was worthwhile to write an entire blog post of how they recreated that animation. Mm. So not only was it complex, but I mean, they spent a huge amount of time just for these very, very, very specific animations. And so we decided, we're like, hey, like, let's see if we can use Lottie to do the same thing. So we had Salih Abdul Karim, our motion designer, go and recreate the, the animations in After Effects, which again is a tool that's designed to build these kind of animations. So it's just dramatically simpler to build it in After Effects than it is in code exported with body moving and then they played perfectly on Lottie for iOS and Android without any modifications whatsoever. You mentioned earlier that caching can be important. So if you have an application that uses animations all throughout the the app, you might want to be caching some frequently used animations. Describe how caching works. So when you have an animation, I mentioned there's a file, then we have a model layer representation of it. And then you have your sort of stateful, like mid-render representation that we actually draw with. So there's those two steps. There's the deserialization of the file itself, which requires disk I.O., reading large JSON files, or like medium-sized JSON files, and then and then storing the data as as a an object, as a model in your code. And let's say, let's take an example. One that we use is for our wish list heart. Let's say you're going through search results on Airbnb. Each home card has one of these animated hearts on it. If we, if you're scrolling through that list quickly, it just it it's a waste of CPU cycles. It's going to hurt performance, potentially cause jank. If we're doing this disk I/O and serializing, deserializing these animations for every single search result, so instead we can actually cache the the model representation of the animation, and then use that directly. So it saves the deserialization, it saves on memory because you only have to store one of the model objects in memory, and it also it also makes the animation appear more quickly because you don't have to, it won't, uh, it'll render right away instead of having to wait for that deserialization to happen. At least on, I think we've built in some mechanisms to aid with this because it is a common pattern. So on Android, in the Lottie animation view, there's a cache strategy you can set Either, and you can either have it hold a strong reference or a weak reference to an animation when you set it. And then in the future, it will just, it, it has an internal cache that it will use to hold on to the animation. And it will just load from that directly next time. And I think iOS has something similar, right? Yeah, yeah. It actually works pretty similar in iOS where we are just caching the, the model representation of the animation. And then when you ask for, you know, say the wishlist heart animation, Lottie pulls just the model out of the cache and then builds up all of the the animation UI layers on top of that uniquely for that one. So on iOS, we do just a a really simple like LRU cache for the model layer. 
but somebody just added on uh, GitHub. I'm actually going through the pull request. I started going through it yesterday, and I'm still still working on it. Somebody added the ability to provide your own caching provider, so you can use something more complicated if you'd like, or a third-party caching mechanism, um, which is really great. The, the community has been really awesome at uh, thinking of incredible things to do and also just uh, helping us out. Given that you guys are pretty close up with this stuff, you know, I when I'm like using an internet app or using something on my on my phone, sometimes I think like in an ideal world this would be a lot more animated. You know, a lot of these static assets would be a little more vibrant. I'm sure you guys have had conversations about this. Do our current devices have the resources available that we could have like a much more richly animated environment or or is it you know so like are we bottlenecked by kind of the the lack of of time that people are spending on animating apps more interestingly or are we bottlenecked by resources it's well it's in terms of performance all of our devices have more than enough you know cpu and gpu capability to to render you know animations and also like especially for 2d animations performance has been tweaked enough over the years to where it's not too bad of a, of a battery drain. The real bottlenecks are either engineering time to actually like turn these animations into code that then would play on screen, or the alternative is to use image assets like a, a GIF or a MOV file or something like that. And the bottleneck there is that the, those files are just too large, you know, because so many devices have, or like, like in the, in the, iOS world, you have, you know, different pixel densities for different devices. So you now need to, if you have one animation, you actually need to package it for, you know, retina or ultra retina or just for non-retina because those devices are still out there. And it is just eats up too much space that people never do it because um, either you have to download it or bundle it in with the app. And, you know, if an, if an app's larger than 100 megabytes, nobody's going to download it. So... <laughs> Yeah, not to mention that, it, and particularly in the case of an animated GIF, it doesn't support transparency. The scaling is obviously an issue. You don't get this fine-grained control over playback. So imagine using a GIF for a wish list heart. To get that to actually play from beginning to end and then reverse when you unwishlist it or set it to a progress tied to a gesture, you just, you just can't do it. Uh, it's not an option for a lot of the things you can use Lottie for. The user can drive an animation through gestures. They can go back and forth. Are the animations that you're working on right now, are they only back and forth, backward and forward, or can I move an animation on different axes? Like, can I, uh, you know, spin an icon or make it go up and down and do all kinds of stuff with it? How dynamic are these animations? So with the animation... You, for at least regarding driving it through a gesture or something like that, you can arbitrarily set the progress from zero being the beginning of the animation to one being the end. So then instead of just hitting play, you can then hook it up to a scroll listener, download progress, anything that you want there, you do have full control. But then regarding some of the more interesting things like or other things like scaling it, spinning it around, rotating it, the the primary goal as of today for the animation itself is to be a faithful representation of After Effects. That being said, there are two caveats. One being that the actual animation view itself is just like any other view. So if you wanted to 
spin an entire animation around or scale it up or down uh, using the view that the animation is playing inside of, you could, of course, do that the same way you could with any other view. Um, in addition, we are, for scaling, that's actually another case because the all the data within the animation is, are they're just vectors, which we can scale to any size. So Lottie does actually have a built-in API to scale it up and down without any pixelation. So there's an option there. And then looking forward, we're trying to work with the community and think of potential creative ways that people could dynamically modify these animations uh, at runtime so they can start to get creative and, and use Lottie in entirely new ways that might allow you to even configure a specific part of an animation dynamically on the go. Yeah, and one of the one of the ways we're doing that on iOS right now is we've we we built out an interface to where you can specify a layer in After Effects, so you can or you can specify basically the name of a layer in an animation and use it to mask a layer in iOS. So this is really useful for doing like animated transitions, interactive animated transitions where like you have like say a circle that expands in After Effects and iOS, you can basically say, use this circle layer to mask my first view controller and then use this square layer to mask my next view controller. And when you run the animation, it will actually appear to animate from one view controller to the other uh, with a minimal amount of code. And then on, on iOS, we also have a couple of similar mechanisms where, one, you can dynamically change the color of any layer. So you can imagine you're building an animation of a house for a thermostat you could have certain parts of the house go blue or red, depending on the temperature. Maybe you have a sports app, you could actually theme the animation for a given sports team for with different colors. And then recently in 2.1.0 of Lottie, we, for Android, it, it supports text. And then there's a sort of a text delegate that you can give it such that for what some given text in After Effects, you can replace it with your own, which allows you to do things like internationalization, names, scores, time, things like that. And then those will actually animate inside of the animation as if they were part of the original animation. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about performance or improvements. You know, you, you know, you both mentioned that the performance is fine right now or the, the, there's plenty of resources available. Where is there room for improvement in that regard? Or like, are there any areas of performance where things start to look costly or you'd like to be doing more aggressive garbage collection or something? So on, on the Android side, uh, there's one particular feature that is less performant than at least I would like right now, and that's around masks and mats. They, there aren't great, there isn't really native support really for masks and mats. So we have to do a little workaround where we have to render layers to an off-screen buffer and then masks to an off-screen buffer and sort of compose them back on top of each other using unless you enable hardware acceleration which there's information on the github about doing it can be slightly performant and that's that performance hit is relative to the size of the mask or mat itself so generally when when people reach out to me and they show me animations they've built with lottie i do recommend that if they can avoid using mats and masks and build the same thing without it that's generally preferable Although for small animations where the the size and pixels of the masks or mats is relatively small, it's not too much of a problem. That being said, and you mentioned garbage collection, at least on the Android side, we've been very careful to keep that hot code path free of memory allocations. So there's basically there's no bitmap allocations, there's really no object allocations at all to add render time. That being said, another thing that I've been speaking with a few people in the community about potential performance improvements uh, for 
some situations like let's say you have like a, a video chat like a periscope like video screen where you're doing live video and then you have like maybe 50 animated hearts or something like that on the screen well Lottie probably could render all those hearts at 60 fps but it's really not necessary to do so and in trying to render at 60 fps it might end up hurting the performance of the, the uh, something else like the video renderer maybe scrolling performance so it's less of whether the phone can render the animations at 60 fps but if it starts to compete uh, with resources for other things then we may look into things like limiting the frame rates of 15 or 30 or something like that if it's a sort of a non non-primary element on the screen and there's many of them another potential thing that we're thinking about is sort of a a bitmap rendering thing so the first time you render the animation we can save it to a little bitmap cache and then particularly this would be useful in the case where you maybe you're rendering it 50 times simultaneously we can sort of cache the the rendered value of the animation and then reuse those values at a lower frame rate but yeah on android like we there's we're constantly working on performance and uh, trying to make it better and better but already the vast majority of people who are using Lottie haven't had any performance issues whatsoever with it. Yeah, I was going to say, on iOS, we, we've been having... The performance has been good mainly because we are sort of working off of the core animation library that uh, Apple built. So that we, we, have, we get a lot of performance help for free out of that. However, we uh, have started running into or been getting reports of some really weird things happening in animations. And as I dug into them, it actually turns out that there's a lot of floating point errors that are happening inside of core animation. And this is because... Yeah, this is because core animation uh, drives all of its animations from zero to one. So if you have like, um, you know, like After Effects, say you have a 600 frame long animation. Well, After Effects exports everything on a, in a frame time base. So like it'll tell you like there's an animation on frame or a keyframe on zero, on 100, on 500. And the animation is, you know four seconds long or something like that. So to get that into core animation, their keyframes are just like, what percentage of zero to one in time is this keyframe happening? And if once you get a lot of keyframes, like if your animation's a thousand keyframes long and you have an animation happening on every keyframe, you're basically having to divide its location by a thousand, the length to get its zero to one. And there's very slight floating point errors happening. So things, it, when two animations are playing simultaneously, like one layer disappears and then another layer reappears, sometimes, not always, there can be a one frame gap between the two, which will cause like a flashing or two layers won't be lined up at exactly the same. So to fix that, we're currently working to rebuild basically version two of Lottie, which is moving away from the, the core animation way of doing things and moving into our basically our own render and animation system that is keyframe based. That way we ensure that things happen at exactly the moment that they're supposed to. And for performance on that, we're trying to be as, as cautious as we possibly can and to meet the meet the same performance bar that uh, core animation has and it's it's all about just reducing the number of times a repetitive task happens every frame <laughs> so having a very thoughtful state machine <laughs> that's like classic build versus buy it's like you're you know you use whatever the top of the line database is or you use zookeeper 
and it's like synchronizing all your different machines and then you like kind of you you push on the uh the limitations of yeah. the, of the, of the <laughs> thing that you've been buying and i mean and by buy i mean just like take an open source project off the shelf and they go oh, well time to time to write something new <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so you know there's plenty of people who have been using animations for a long time like i think about games there are lots of games on iOS that have had animations for a long time where kind of delighting people with animations is really important. If I have a legacy app that uses animation, like if I'm if I have a game, how hard would it be to port my animation components to Lottie? Yeah, I think a lot of that would depend on how your assets were originally made and also uh, how difficult your 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 code is to work with in terms of bringing in, um, you know, like on iOS, you know, games are often written outside of UI kit, which is sort of Apple's, Apple's set like UI layer. And if your game is written outside of UI kit, then you can't, you can't use Lottie easily because e Lottie was designed to exist inside of the, the sort of Apple UI kit ecosystem. So, so that would be one one side of the problems that you would come into. The other side is like if your assets and your original animations weren't made in After Effects and they were all hand coded or something like that, then you would have to recreate them in After Effects to then export the JSON for the animation. So, if I'm getting started with brand new animations for the first time, like if I'm just a, a brand new Lottie user where would I begin or what what would be my process, my workflow for like, let's say I've got an iOS app and I just want to start to get some animations going. Like where would I get started? Yeah. So the, the first thing is to get After Effects and to begin playing around with animations inside of there. There are like thousands of amazing resources online for learning After Effects and learning animations. And they range from, you know, the sort of paid tutorials to, I mean, there's tons of tutorials on YouTube. There's also some really amazing After Effects communities. The Creative Cloud is one, or not Creative Cloud, uh, Creative Cow is one that comes to mind off the top of my head. And there's just, there's all kinds of resources for learning how to use After Effects. Then from there, you need to get the body movement plugin installed and all of that. And then you just export the JSON. And then you would Add Lottie to your your project file. Uh, on iOS, we have we support CocoaPods and Carthage, so you could bring it in that way, or just bring it in, bring in the module manually, which is can be a pain depending on your experience level. And then actually loading the uh, the JSON is fairly easy. Uh, you know, it requires basically a line of code. We we set up on iOS uh, Lottie to match the API of. Uh, what it would take to actually load an image onto screen. So in the same number of lines of code that it takes for you to just put a single image on screen, you can put a Lottie animation on screen. So I think of Airbnb as a company that's really on the cutting edge of integrating the workflow between designers and engineers. And this is something that's that's really important. It's almost as important, well, I, I mean, I would put it in the same kind of camp as bridging the gap between the silos that exist between developers and operations and the whole DevOps movement. What else has Airbnb done to bridge the gap between designers and engineers? So I think that that really does hit on one of the fundamental things that we think a lot about here at Airbnb. Airbnb, unlike many other tech companies, was actually founded by designers. And design is very much in the, the DNA of how we build product and how we work here at Airbnb. 
it just so happens that Lottie, we sort of built it at a hackathon for fun, but it, it fits really well into a lot of the, the things that we're trying to do to bridge this gap between design and engineering. In fact, uh, a few of the things that we've done in the last year and a half have really started to make strides in this direction. So it started off with this desire to have a set of shared components between design and engineering, because we found that a lot of times many screens had mostly similar components on the screen, but there were maybe just like a, a tiny little difference here or there. And then an engineer would then have to go and rebuild it for their screen and then often have difficulty recreating and, and getting things like accessibility to work right, which is another thing that's really important for us. So about 18 months ago, maybe closer to two years ago now, we started to build up an entire language, an entire set of components that are available to all designers and all engineers across all the platforms that we build product on, such that for a given screen, a designer can say, hey, these are the components from our DLS component library that you can reuse and not have to rebuild. And then only these small ones have to be built custom for the screen. So that's been really effective. That's almost, that's like the, the, the end goal of this designer engineer communication because it's already built. In fact, you just give it, you give them the name of the component and, and then they can just drop that into their screen. But sometimes you do have to actually work on that communication between design and engineering. So we've recently actually spun up a dedicated team called Design Tools that helps build tools for designers that help them communicate with engineers and convey sizing and all kinds of information that's difficult to convey through wireframes and mockups using existing tools today. And we're not quite ready to show a lot of that off yet uh, because we really want to make sure that we get it right and that it's useful. But this is, this is a real problem and it, it's very much in line with the gap that occurred between animation between designers and engineers before. And we wanna extend that so that everything between design and engineering becomes much more seamless. Mm -hmm. you, you work with Leland Richardson who was involved in React Sketch app. Uh, and I thought this was, I, I, I was, I'm assuming this is one of the examples of the designer tools paradigm because this was like a pretty pretty ambitious project that was uh, essentially to you know on the road of bridging the gap between developers and designers because it lets I think if I recall it correctly it's basically lets designers create something in sketch that can be easily exported to react components is that is that what it was it's it's sort of the, the other way around and uh, this okay. is built by yeah, both Leland Richardson also John gold uh, here at Airbnb and a few other people that uh, it's built on top of a, a framework that Leland Richardson wrote that you may have heard on the React Native or the yeah the React Native podcast just a few weeks ago, where it basically takes a core set of the core subset of React components that are useful across different platforms like Vue, Image, and Text, and and there are, I think there are seven or eight of them, mm -hmm. and it essentially creates an interface for those components, and then uses the layout engine Flexbox, which exists in both CSS and many different platforms like React Native through Yoga, which is a C++ layout engine that Facebook wrote, uh, and, and other frameworks as well, such that you can essentially conform to this React primitive specification and then render the same React components on any platform. So it works on React Native, it works on React Web, and then React SketchUp essentially 
also is another yet another implementation of this React Primitives interface that allows you to take these same components that render on React Native or Web and then literally drag and drop them into Sketch so that designers can then actually compose screens and mockups with the actual components that engineers use. So whereas most wireframes go one way from design to engineering, this allows them to come the other direction and actually build screens with real React components built by engineers. Right. So as we've been talking about Lottie, you know, a lot of this is built off of the backs of After Effects. Um, have you talked to anybody at the Adobe team who works on After Effects? We actually have not had an, uh, a relationship with the Adobe team at After Effects yet. If any of you guys really? are listening, feel free. Oh. Feel free to come say hi. Yeah, uh, thank absolutely. This <laughs> is not too far from ours, but but yeah, this is. We've been working very closely with Hernan Teresi, the the engineer behind Body Moving, and we've we've built a really strong relationship there. But we have not actually worked with the After Effects team yet. What is the open source? Is there an open source community around animations and around After Effects stuff? Because I know, like, I've heard, oh, like, I remember hearing podcast ads a while ago for this company that offers you free or offers you, like, you know, it's like a, a library. It's sort of like these stock photo companies where you they have they have stock uh, After Effects layers or after effects plugins i think and i was I, I didn't quite understand what it was but now i'm understanding a little bit more but could, could you talk about like the 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 market for animations or for animation libraries or if there's an open source community around this like there is with clip art yeah so i i'm sure there are many many websites that are dedicated to for just for after effects and animations but uh it was pretty amazing actually within just a few days of when we open source lottie the community made this website called LottieFiles.com. And LottieFiles is another one of these websites, but it's designed specifically to share animations built for Lottie and for mobile apps. And so if you go to it, you'll see things like loading spinners and check marks and thumbs up icons and other things that tend to tend to work really well in mobile apps. And, and they've continued to evolve and add features to this website since then. So again, already they have, I think, hundreds of animations they just that are designed. Ten thousand. Yeah, exactly. That's like huge, yeah. huge number of animation, tens of thousands of downloads of these animations, and and they're going to continue to build and evolve it. So already, Lottie Files is actually one of the the best ways if you want to test an animation, or if you want to have either a designer or an engineer quickly just test a, a JSON file from Body Moving, you can actually drag a JSON file on top of the website and then it will sort of upload it to a private server and then give you a QR code. It'll render it with body moving on the screen and then give you a QR code, which you can then scan with a, a Lottie sample app that ex like we have an Airbnb one for Android and then they built one for iOS where you can scan the QR code and then see it render right away within the app itself. So it makes it really easy. You don't need to like re recompile the app or anything like that if you want to test an animation. And we're, we're talking about some really exciting things going forward that, that will make Lottie Files, again, follow along the same lines of bridging that communication gap between designers and engineers. They have some really great ideas of going forward of how they want to add features to Lottie Files to leverage that. Well, yeah, to, to close off, maybe you guys could both talk about, you could each talk about what are the, what's the cutting edge 
stuff that you're seeing and what are you looking forward to in this space? Yeah, so the, the, it's been amazing just seeing a that people are you know taking uh, taking Lottie and just using it. Um, the the amount of sort of uh, support that's come from the community through Lottie files and through a lot of other places has been incredible. And it's also exciting because kind of see see ways that Lottie can be used that we maybe didn't anticipate. Like I was talking earlier about using it for animated transitions and uh, this idea of being able to dynamically alter animations on the fly at runtime is sort of a sort of a big thing that some people are have found ways to use and we are really looking forward to making that easier in the future and also more more accessible through code yeah and likewise i think just there was if you look at apps from a year ago we've seen actually over the last 10 years there's just been these evolutions of apps where we've gone through different design paradigms and the OSs have evolved. And we've really gotten to a point where a lot of apps that we use today are extremely mature and complicated pieces of technology. But one thing that has never really gotten its feet off the ground is, is animation. Basically, all assets are static, icons are static, and you have there are beautiful apps out there where they have they've clearly spent an enormous amount of time building up uh, either characters or icons or aesthetics and and uh, and they're all completely static and they don't move and there's just there's a huge opportunity just to sort of breathe life into these apps that that I think if we were to look back on a few years from now will will legitimately feel like they're several years old because of the way that this can progress animation and movement within apps forward and so I think there's a huge opportunity just to just to get animation, give it some legs within the mobile space, which it's never really had before. But again, like Brandon said, there's also it's incredible. People are reaching out to us all the time with ways they want to use Lottie for more interactive animations and things like text and responding to different states within an app and, and really just add a level of depth and character that we've never seen before in apps. I agree. All right, well, guys, it's been great talking to you. I'm fascinated by Lottie, and I look forward to seeing what you build in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. And again, if anyone has any questions, if there's uh, any issues with an animation, we're both reachable through the GitHub repos. Where there's an Android one, an iOS one, and a React Native one. BodyMovement also has its own repo. And so we're happy to take a look at animations, work with you. If there are ways that you'd like to use Lottie that it doesn't support today, again, let's let's keep driving this forward and, and see where we can push Lottie.